I don't usually associate Christmas time with poop. Oh. <laughs> but there have been two times that I can think of where I did. Okay. When I was a teenager, one of my dad's coworkers wanted to do a nice thing for our family for Christmas. So they lived nearby and about a day or two before Christmas, they stopped by and they gave us a large dessert called Baked Alaska. Do you okay. know what Baked Alaska is? I don't know what it is, but I have heard of it. Yeah. My understanding of it, this was 15 years ago, is that it is a sponge cake sort of thing. And inside of it, there is this large core of ice cream. And the ice cream is very big and thick, kind of like a ball. And it needs to be very thick because you then bake that whole thing in the oven at a super hot temperature. And it kind of gets a little bit of like the burnt with the like the hot and the cold. It's a, a very interesting combination, I guess. It sounds it sounds good. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And my family was very excited about this. And I guess I felt like with it being almost Christmas, there were so many other sweets in the house that I just decided I'll just have cookies or something. I don't know. I didn't care that much. And it turns out it was a good thing that I didn't because everybody in my family who ate that then got diarrhea. Ooh. And then Christmas morning, everyone wakes up and they just feel like crap. And and we had to like cancel going to my grandma's for Christmas that year. And that year went down in our family as the red and green plague. The red and green plague. Yes. The poop year. Yes, absolutely. So the second time that I associated Christmas with poop was maybe six or seven years ago at this point where I had to make a video with my friend Natalie. And she taught me about a holiday tradition called Tio de Nadal. Okay. In Spain, specifically in the Catalonia region, which is where Barcelona is, kind of the northeastern part of Spain, there is a tradition where the children in the family go outside and they look in the woods for a little cartoon log that has a face on it. And he wears this little special hat and he is your Tio. And Tio de Nadal, when I, I heard that word, I'm not very good at Spanish, but I thought, does does that mean Christmas uncle? <laughs> and I thought like, well, I, maybe I'm a Christmas uncle. Like that's, <laughs> this is, this is about me. Uh, and I guess the, the difference in the, the Catalan language, uh, it's kind of like Spanish, but a little bit like French. It's a kind of a mishmash language. And Tio does not mean uncle in Catalan, but okay. it actually means log. So it is the Christmas log. Okay. So you adopt the, your, your little Tio with his little face in his hat and you bring him inside. And you have to feed him and kind of fatten him up over the Christmas season. So you have to take care of him. You put a little blanket on him. You give him food every day that he takes. And if you take very good care of your little Tio, he will poop out Christmas presents for you. No way. Specifically, a lot of chocolates. Uh, <laughs> That's, I mean, it's appropriate. Uh, sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And he doesn't just give these out without a little bit of coaxing, though. So on Christmas Day... You have to sing the Tio song, the Tio de Nadal song, where you list your demands. You ask which kinds of foods you do and don't want. So you say, like, I want you to poop out nougats and uh, almonds. I don't want any herrings. Herrings are too salty. And then you beat him with sticks until he <laughs> provides. <laughs> so I, th when I heard this story, I thought, surely this is the only Catalan-related Christmas poop tradition, right? <laughs> There are two. <laughs> I found a second one recently. It is about the Cagané. And the I'm trying to pronounce this well enough. Uh, it's spelled C-A-G-A-N-E-R. Uh, don't look into it too much. It may be mildly profane in certain countries. <laughs> but the Cagané the is a 
little statue of a guy who he has his pants pulled down and mm. he is pooping. Oh. And the goal is to hide him in your nativity scene. <laughs> and I actually bought one. Okay. And I've got him right here. So oh, wow. here's what he looks like. That and is, then, oh, it's <laughs> there's his butt. Yeah. There so is. yeah, he's uh this is about like a three inch tall little statue, and he's wearing this is the same hat. He wears this little red hat okay. that, the, that the little the TO that you buy has oh, okay. as well. And I mean, I think the I think the question you're probably asking is why? Yeah, why? Why? <laughs> I'm wondering, yes. Yes. So I mean, it's fun. I mean, it's funny. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a he's a fun little guy. And uh the reason there are a lot of reasons that people think that he exists. I guess I'll tell you how they use him these days. Okay. So, like I said, the nativity scene. Uh, in American nativity scenes, you've got Mary, Joseph, Jesus, maybe a camel and a shepherd and a wise man. But in Spain, especially in Catalonia, they have these nativity scenes that are a full cityscape. So you have your your mainstays like we talked about, but they also have buildings and villagers and they all have like different jobs. And it's like a very large thing that you would put in your yard or the city puts downtown. And you, the goal of the Kagane is that you hide him in the scene somewhere. And whenever someone in that region sees a nativity scene, they always ask, where's the Kagane? Like, wh where's he at? And the goal is to try to find him just as like a fun little game. And these people take it so seriously. <laughs> there is a whole industry of making custom little guys like this. Really? So, in, uh, so they actually, you can buy like celebrity versions. So there are shops where you can get um, so like uh, Lionel Messi like was a like a very famous uh -huh. soccer player. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But he um, like he was very big in Spain for a long time in that area. So you can get your own little like Messi version of the Kagane and Where people. He's pooping. Yes, that's and funny. so you it's always people you like. Whereas I thought it was more of a, ah. a like a Calvin peeing situation where you want like you know Calvin the cartoon mm -hmm. peas on something, you know, on Chevrolet or something. And uh -huh. you put that in the back of your car. So, you know, it's like you put him up as a good luck charm. So like mm -hmm. when he's playing soccer, I'm going to put it, put my little Kagane next to the TV and I'm going to hope he wins or whatever. So it's like, it's like a, it's it's not an insult. It's like a a compliment to have one made of you. Yes, okay. absolutely. It is, it is like a desirable thing to, good. to have that made. And, um, there are also fan clubs. I found a website that has like, they give out awards every year mm. for like the best ones. And it has all these documented stories. And it some people in Catalonia consider this to be like their best cultural export. When Barcelona w held the Olympics 30 years ago, people said that should be in the logo. We need to have the little guy, <laughs> the logo. Uh, but yeah, like the question of why that, that I've been dodging here... <laughs> There are so many reasons why people think. Some people just say he's a good luck charm. But like, I, I'm not satisfied with that. I think there's something deeper here. And I found a lot of people musing online about why the Kagane is so important. And some people think that it's a reminder of our flawed humanity in the face of God. <laughs> okay. That like it is this super deep metaphor that baby Jesus is here and he's perfect. And who am I? Like I, I, apparently the Kagane isn't even allowed to be close to Jesus. He has to be farther away in the scene. And that it's almost like humanity recognizing their shame. Like mm. I am, yeah, I'm in the I'm in the face of baby Jesus and I still have to worry about bodily functions. <laughs> like who I'm not worthy. <laughs> and then there are other people that say that basically he is 
helping with the harvest every year, that he is helping to give back to nature and fertilize hmm. so that way he like your your crops next year will grow. That he actually has like he's playing his role to help out for next year. And maybe that's where the good luck comes from. I don't know. Um, I read like this article from a, an art teacher in America who I think went to Spain and learned about all this. And he says his students uh, like have learned a lot about injecting humor into serious topics and that he's actually teaching them that you can have this goofy little thing, but it also, you know, be important and talk about something that is very not serious. So I guess I want to challenge everybody at home that either this Christmas, if you're heading out here soon or next Christmas, take a look at your friend's nativity scene and just ask, where's the Kagane? <laughs> Welcome to the Factoid Podcast. You didn't ask for it, but we're going to tell you anyway. My name's Chris Humphreys. And I'm Peyton Gessel. Now, Peyton, uh, we knew that this episode was going to come out on Christmas for months and months now. Actually, I probably wouldn't have put it together, but you told me because you plan more than I do. And you knew like a long time ago, hey, this is going to come out on Christmas, which I think is great. Thanks. So Merry Christmas, everyone. Yes. But uh, I've been thinking about, well, what am I going to talk about in a Christmas episode? Because I could just talk about whatever and it would just be on Christmas. But I thought it would be more appropriate if I talked about something that was Christmassy, right? So, and searching, and I looked at all these Christmas-adjacent things and Christmas characters and whatever, and I just I didn't really know what to talk about because it's all just things I'm sure we've heard. Uh, but there's a Christmas tradition I learned about that I, I'd never heard of before. And you just told us about one. Very funny. Uh, this isn't quite as funny. Have you ever heard of a Christmas hamper? No. Okay, so here's the thing. I, I saw the word hamper, and in my mind, I immediately go, so like it's like a stocking but bigger? Is that what it is? Because a hamper, in my mind, like you put laundry in it, Yes, right? that, that like was a, the word we used as kids, and I never know. Like, is that a regional thing? I don't know either. That's what I called it as well. I had a laundry hamper. Um, and so that's what my mind is at, right? And I'm thinking, like, is this just for people who like want to put more things? I don't understand. It's What's Santa's it? little, like, his bag he exactly. carries over his shoulder. Exactly. Yeah. Like, in college, I had, like, a dirty laundry hamper that, like, was a huge bag I'd put on my shoulder, oh, yeah. right? And so I'm just thinking, like, well, you know, we put stockings. That's a tradition I've always done, and I we still do with my family today, but like, what is a Christmas hamper? Well, it turns out that's not what it is at all. It's actually, it got popular in the Victorian era. And what it is, is basically like it started out with rich folks would just put like foods and drinks and snacks and candies and like all this into this big gift package and give it to people generally like people on their staff, like maybe who cleaned their house or like poor people, people less fortunate than them. Right. I, I didn't, there's no specific vessel, right? It's just big. Yeah. It's a big basket that has all this stuff in it. Right. And it has like these traditional things in it. And, and one of the traditional things that it has in it uh, was something that I began to think more about. One of the things that's almost always in a, a Christmas hamper is a fruitcake. Yeah. Have you ever had a fruitcake? I made a fruitcake in grade school. Okay. I watched uh, one of my Christmas family traditions, uh, especially with Jacoby, my sister, and I, is that we like to watch the Animaniacs Christmas special. Okay. And we've actually got it, like, uh, digitized. It was on, like, a VHS for a long time, so we've got, like, a digital version that we keep. And one of the skits in the Animaniacs Christmas special involves fruitcake, and it's kind of a like a retelling of um, A Christmas Carol, okay. basically, but in like 
one of the things I really love about this special is that there's a lot of video production humor in it. Okay. For it being a kid's show, there's a lot of jokes about Hollywood lots and production studios and things like that. Okay. So I think he's the the CEO of Warner Brothers, and he has this conversion over time. But frequently, he gets mad that all of his, his assistants will buy him fruitcakes, <laughs> and they looked like comical fruit colors and things like that. So I would watch this as a kid, and one of the days that like I got the idea, well... Everyone says fruitcake is bad in this, but maybe maybe we should make one. And my mom like helped me make a fruitcake and it was okay. Right. It, it was not terrible. Okay. But I would say it was not the most flavorful thing sure. because I think they were we were trying to be we didn't want to overdo it with the fruit. It right. was mostly cake. So here's the thing. Fruitcakes like you're talking about it, it's it's been a thing. It's in the Animaniacs Christmas special. It's like been a Christmas thing for as long as I can remember. Uh, and and many years before, I've never had a fruit cake. <laughs> I, I, I've I've heard about them, and it's like in that in that movie. Same thing with now. Like it's kind of a joke. It's kind of a meme at this point. Yeah. Like fruit cakes are like you don't want one. Yeah. And uh, in fact, my dad even says this is funny. My dad has always said the term. Uh, but like about someone who's like crazy, he said they're nuttier than a fruitcake. Like that's like what <laughs> yeah. he said, right? And 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 actually, we were at our friend's house uh, just like just like last week. We were at our friend's house and we were talking about an experience they had with some people, and they're like, "Dude, they're they're straight. They're a straight fruitcake." Like that's and it's like that's like it's like it's a negative thing, right? Yeah. A fruitcake's not a good thing. But I never had one. Uh, I've never still never had one except I brought one with me today. Yeah. So Peyton. I... We can partake in this today. Um, it's not a good one. It's not like a high quality one. Um, I'm it, it here. Let me if you can hear this. Wrapped in cellophane. I got it at Walmart. It was four dollars. Okay, uh, but I wanted us to try it because I've never tried one. I really have no idea what to expect. I'm not that excited. It does not look very good. It looks like a piece of heavy, heavy bread. Feel this. With, oh, that's uh, a dense boy. With like gummies, and not gummies, uh, gumdrops in it. That's what it kind of looks like. Oh, wow. There's a, I turned it to the side and I get a little cross section of yes. this. And it's, it's not a whole loaf. It's very busy inside. Very busy. So if we want to open this up, yeah. we can like maybe rip off a piece and just try it. Um, but it turns out there's a lot to fruitcakes. <laughs> um, and so I just, I figured I, I would have to, in order to talk about them more, I would have to try one. Sure. Go oh, wow. That is. Take a rip. Mm. It's dense. I honestly don't want to take a bite. I'm Ooh, scared. I just smelled it, and I'm I am unsure. I will do it. I will do it for you. But it does it's... not smell good. Like I, it does not smell good. Just so we're just so we're aware, fruitcake. One of the most common ingredients in fruitcake is alcohol. This does not have alcohol in it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we used some sort of extract when yes. I made it as a kid. Okay, here we go. I don't like this one bit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's really bad. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, like what even is it? <laughs> I basically have to take this like a pill. Like I got to swallow yep, it. I just did too. Thank you for at least indulging in that fruitcake with me today. Oh, sure. I think it makes the experience a little better. And now we can have, you know, kind of where we're coming from. Yeah. Mi misery breeds right. company. Is that what the line is? Yeah, yeah. It's for sure. I, and I th here's the thing. I think that... Throughout the years, fruitcakes have gone from this status of like this really great thing that people look forward to and love to this thing that is like literally a joke, right? And I think that's kind of an interesting thing. And so we're going to talk a little bit about fruitcakes and, and about the Christmas tradition. Why are they a Christmas tradition? You know, it's not very Christmassy other than maybe it's it's got green and red stuff in it. Sure. To, to explain it to you guys who, who can't see, it's literally got green bits and red bits and some other colored bits in there. 
So what are the origins? Well, it turns out they're like old, like it goes way back. This turns out to be one of the like earliest forms of like, come, I don't even know, whatever you might want to call this, right? It actually goes back to like over a thousand years ago. Uh, there's, there's recipes found and it, this was basically an MRE for Roman soldiers. Oh, Yeah. Like they would take it with them onto the battlefield, like in 900 AD, like there's recipes with basically it's like alcohol and, and flour and bits of stuff right and that it's because it's dense and something about a fruitcake that's interesting is it lasts for like a very long time like this is not this doesn't expire until june oh yeah and this is like one that's been made and like wrapped like it's so it's not even one that's made for shelf life and it lasts that long right so it lasts a long time it has a lot of calories it's very dense so it makes sense to be something that like someone who needs to go places or do a lot of things would eat i guess and you want to be able to travel with it and not get sick from eating it so that's why they did it but but that's kind of where it started but where we where we are now the kind of fruitcake we have now different not the same thing as that, right? But so what we have now kind of got popular in the 1600s. In Europe, very soon before that, they started importing like fruits from the Mediterranean in. So mm-hmm. they had all these kind of fruits and they didn't really know what to do with them. And so they had all these super sweet fruits and they decided we got to figure out how to use these fruits. So the fruitcake was kind of the answer to the problem. Like, I don't call it a problem, but this new thing, right? Oh, we yep. have all these fruits. And it turns out if you like boil them down and you, and you like prepare them a certain way, they can last a long time. It makes their colors really like bright and pretty. Uh, and it makes them last a long time. So there's a bunch of sugar, a bunch of flour, a bunch of alcohol, and a bunch of fruit. And this is what you get. This is how fruitcakes have gotten popular. So the 1600s, uh, sugar got cheap. They got fruit that got cheap. And so this is basically just kind of, it created itself because why wouldn't it? Right. This is a problem I ran into in my garden where I didn't have too many fruits. But I, I mean, I definitely, when you have a, a surprisingly big crop of a certain type of plant, you run into the problem of like, how do I use this before mm-hmm. it goes bad? And that's where you run into situations where like with my peppers that if I was, if I had been more on top of things this year, I would have dehydrated them right. all and things like that. Right. But what I would run into on the weekends is like, I would say, oh man, I have a bunch of really hot peppers, how am I going to make something that, right. does, that doesn't kill me, but right. also uses them before they all go bad? So right. this is like, I can see how this has been a problem throughout history. Yeah. And it makes sense. And this is slightly off topic, but I have for some reason gotten into this like Facebook rabbit hole where it shows me suggested posts from like canning groups <laughs> all the time. And it'll be like, Hey, I can 46 quarts of whatever today. And like, it's crazy because it's people with huge gardens, like you said, you, and you got a bunch of produce and you have to figure out, well, if I can't eat it, if I can't freeze it, I've got to do something with it. Otherwise, it's, there's no reason to have this huge garden. So they right. can it, right? And then people literally have pantries that are as big as my living room filled with canned foods. And it's like, it's just this thing that it's like a perpetuating thing, right? Yeah. And so that's, what, I feel like that's where this started. They have all these new things. They don't know what to do with it. They don't want it to go bad. They want to use it. And so they created this. And while we ate it and think, man, that's really bad. I have to keep in the context of like, well, they didn't have like Hershey bars and Reese's candy. You know right. what I mean? So like this was like probably something special. Yeah. It's it's sweet, you know, and if I'd never had a candy before, that would be wonderful. Yeah. I bet Wade would like that. I was honestly. about to say, yeah. I bet he would like it. He Maybe he'll try some. I don't know. Uh, Wade's my baby. I bet he would like it. But it was still an important thing back then. And so this is in the 1600s. It wasn't for about another 100 years that they started adding nuts to it because that became another very common ingredient. I don't think that one has nuts in it. Maybe it does. And they're just soggy. I don't know. I I do not know. Yeah. I'm not going to try it again to figure out. Nope. nope. But I think uh, nuts are a big thing. And I think that, you know, my dad's joke, nuttier than a fruitcake, it's... 
there it's a very common to have just lots of nuts lots of nuts yes. lots of fruits it's basically like a banana bread but with just like everything right sure it's all kinds of fruits i remember there being i think in the fruit cake we made when i was a kid i think we put more nut than fruit in yes it, and i think that helped it turn out a little bit better yes and and i can understand that now having this um but so a hundred years later the nuts started coming into the picture. And this is this is also kind of what changed fruitcakes a little bit is because this is when they first kind of began farming and harvesting nuts, right? And so the one of the first traditions surrounding fruitcakes was uh, in the 1700s, they would grow nuts and they would farm them. And as soon as they harvested them, they would like celebrate the bountiful nut harvest by creating a fruitcake with those nuts. And then get this, because of how a fruitcake works, because it lasts a long time and everything, they would store that fruitcake away until the next planting season of the nuts and they would experience the joy of eating this fruitcake <laughs> before they went out and, and did the hard work planting the nuts in the fields. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Well, we're at the point now where fruitcakes are becoming common. People are making them a lot. There's fruits, there's sugar. It's all very plentiful. It lasts a long time, like a really long time. Like, have you ever left a McDonald's, have you lost a McDonald's French fry in your car before? Sure. And then found it in like a month or two months or three yes. months later and it still looks exactly the same? Absolutely. That's like, that's what this is. Like, <laughs> it, it doesn't molt, like, yeah. nothing happens to it, yeah. right? The, and so the that's, Twinkie of the yes, Middle Ages. It's, it's this thing that doesn't ever go bad, right? And so, like, that's that's why, that's the reason for the whole nut harvest thing. They can eat it in six months or whatever, and it's still fine. Well, all of that's because of the amount of sugar in it, right? Because sugar is kind of a natural preservative. Mm -hmm. Well, they kind of catch on to this eventually, and they realize this has a lot of sugar in it. I don't know. Is this something we should really be eating as often as we're eating it? Should it be kind of, what should we do about it? There's a lot of sugar in this thing. And so actually in the 1800s, the entirety of Europe decided these things are outlawed. Fruitcakes, <laughs> not allowed anymore. And the quote, the actual quote is they are sinfully rich. Okay. So wow. like literally like there was a period of time where in all of Europe, you were not allowed to have a fruitcake because it was just too sweet, too rich. Yeah, I'm imagining some police officer knocking on your door and saying like, I smell it in there. I can see that fruitcake. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. But again, the same problem exists. We have all this fruit. We import all this fruit. We want to use it all, but we actually can't even use it all because I, as far as I understand, like once a fruit passes, you know, like when a banana gets brown, you put it in banana bread. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same kind of thing. Like, when I can't eat this fruit anymore, when I can't have it fresh, when I can't put it in a pie, I can still make fruitcake out of it, of right? Course. And so, like, we have all this waste now that didn't exist. So, they, so eventually, Europe kind of lightened up and they said, look, we can start using on occasion, special occasions. We can, we can have this fruitcake for, you know, for holidays, right? We okay. can have it for birthdays, retirement parties, whatever, right? And so, that's kind of the biggest understanding of why do we eat fruitcakes on Christmas? Why is it a Christmas? It's because for a while it was only allowed on Christmas. <laughs> and then for some reason we decided it was important enough that we should eat them on Christmas. And I've now learned I'm not going to be eating it on Christmas. <laughs> no. Maybe if I made one, it'd be better, but I'm not even, I was considering making one for this, but then I looked into like all the different, it's like, I'm just going to buy one. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it was $4. And while it's been popular for literally centuries, like over a thousand years, the fruitcake has been popular. As we talked about, it's kind of become a joke. It's become a meme. It's become a like, oh, I'll get him a fruitcake. Or, oh, he's a fruitcake. Right. right. I think in that Christmas special, I think they were used as projectile weapons. <laughs> there were times where like someone would just chuck a fruitcake at somebody and they'd like catch the whole thing in their mouth. Yes. Yeah. Like it was, oh, yeah. And, it, and they're dense. So I can see it. it would hurt. Yeah. It would actually hurt if I threw this at you. Like I could be like, huh, that does more damage than you would think it would. <laughs> 
Well, it, it, it can actually be traced, and people started, uh, there's like surveys that have been taken where like, like over the last 50 years where people are like, what's the least favorite gift you can receive? And a fruitcake's one of them. And like, as it as it got newer and newer, and as the postal service was invented, fruitcakes became this mail-in item. You could like order one because okay. again, for the same reasons, it's it's last, it's easy to mail. You can buy one. So like new businesses arose and all this. So people started getting them for gifts, and they'd get so many of them for gifts. It's like, what am I supposed to do with all these fruitcakes? It's I, I don't even. Want, so people started hating getting them. So it's like, well now it's like this new thing. I don't want fruitcakes. Fruitcakes are bad. And so that actually kind of turned into a joke in itself. And the earliest like pop culture reference uh, is probably in the 80s on The Tonight Show. I guess maybe the most popular one uh, in The Tonight Show. Uh, Johnny Carson said this joke. He said, the worst gift you can get is a fruitcake. There's only one fruitcake in the entire world, and people keep sending it to each other. <laughs> and I guess it was funny. <laughs> I mean, it is funny because I guess you sent him through the mail, right? That right. was really popular at the time. That joke slayed the audience. <laughs> I wrote that down because I wanted to say Slade, you know, ho, ho, ho. Um, but their long lasting nature became a joke. Uh, and it was it was popular enough joke that made everyone laugh in the Tonight Show in the 80s. But get this. I found this one story that I want to share with you before we're done with this is the long lasting never go bad nature of this fruitcake became a joke for these two ladies in New York. Right. It started in the 50s. Good friends. They both lived in apartments, different floors of the same house. Right. So they had a landlord and and he was kind of known to be a cheap guy. And so the landlord gave one of these ladies a fruitcake for Christmas. And she was like, oh, wow, thank you so much for this gift. And then when the door shut, it's like, dude, come on, right? And so she was telling her friend who lives upstairs about this. And they kind of made a joke about like, oh, what are you going to do with that? So as a joke, she sent that fruitcake to her friend for Christmas. I right? see where this is going. And <laughs> well, you know, it kind of perpetuates. They're still friends. Uh, the next year. She receives the fruitcake back in the mail yeah. for her Christmas, right? And so for years, this is in the 50s, for years and years and years, this perpetuates. And like they've moved multiple times. They, some, one lives in Florida. Still, they're passing back and forth this fruitcake 50 years later. And guess what? You could still eat it now. Like wow. you could actually still eat it. It, it belongs in a museum. It probably. actually belongs in a museum, and this isn't even the oldest example. Like from what I read, there's one that was found in like Antarctica that's from like <laughs> 150 years ago or something, and it's still like the quote of the person who found it was like, "It still doesn't look too bad." And so it's just like, yo, it's just crazy. Uh, and uh, as far as I'm aware, our preservative game uh, in America has only gotten stronger, right? Yeah. So this is just the the original kind of the OG natural way to preserve stuff. I bought this one, like I said, it says it's good till summer 2024. I'm considering just kind of socking this away till next year's Christmas episode. Sure. And we can have another time <laughs> eating it. I don't know if that's a good idea. Uh, but if you're down, I'm down. fun part about doing an episode on Christmas with you is that we just get to imagine our listeners just in their onesie pajamas yes. sitting around the fire saying like, tell me another story about the Christmas poop papa <laughs> And uh, it did get me thinking, do you think our audience is like a Netflix fireplace kind of people or do you think they have real fireplaces? Hmm. I think that I don't have a real fireplace. Yeah. I feel like Netflix fireplace. Yeah. And I've been really partial towards YouTube fireplaces. There's a lot more options where I feel like with Netflix, you have kind of your basic, this yeah. is a fireplace, but then you get all of these themed ones. So if you want a Christmas fireplace, if you want a Christmas jazz fireplace, mm -hmm. and they all run eight hours, and yep. they, they add, in the file name, they say like, no ads, yep. and all this stuff. Wait, I've, I've actually, now that you're saying this, I've turned on plenty of YouTube fireplaces this year already. Yeah. 
It's very fun. Um, I'd now like to just play a little song for you, Chris. It, it was actually hidden inside of our Christmas theme. And oh, okay. I had Amy adjust the levels a little bit just so you can hear it better. I know that one. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, as we know, though, we, we all know the lyrics to this song. Yeah. Jingle bells, Batman smells, <laughs> Robin laid an egg. Yeah. Batmobile lost a wheel and the Joker got away. Yeah, that's right. Do you remember the first time you heard that song? With those lyrics? Yes. Uh, I act, I mean, it, it was probably, yeah, I mean, it had to be kindergarten or first grade. Like yeah. Very early school. Yes. I remember like singing, I remember someone singing that and being like, what'd they say? And being like, huh. And then and then you learn it right away, obviously. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was around kindergarten or first grade for me as well. And it kind of got me wondering, like, where did this come from? Because, like, it wasn't ever really on in, like, a Batman movie. And I feel like I did eventually, as I got older, I would see this in commercials on the WB. And they would have, like, Joker singing Jingle Bells, right. Batman Smells. But, like, that's not the origins of this. And I just always assumed that, like... This is a thing that has always existed on the playground, and you just never know where it came from until today. And I did a very deep dive hmm. into Jingle Bells, Batman Smells. And I want to start off, though, by going into the original source material, okay. Jingle Bells. So there are a few sources of inspiration for this song, and they all take the magic of Christmas out of it. So James Pierpont is the man who is credited with coming up with the song in the 1850s. And he lived most of his life in Savannah, Georgia, but he grew up in Massachusetts area. And occasionally he would go back and visit his hometown in Massachusetts. And one of the things that he would be witnessing in whenever he would go back to Massachusetts was drag races on horses. <laughs> and if you read the lyrics... And all the different verses in Jingle Bells, it starts to become very apparent that he is painting a picture of these horse drag races. <laughs> and the original title of the song was called One Horse Open Sleigh. Ah, so it sense. was even more about, yeah, the, the horses. So uh, you learn a lot about sleigh racing culture if you start to read into it, where you have one horse on the sleigh, obviously. Uh, you have your girl in the sleigh with you. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes... Sometimes alcohol is involved, from what I can tell. <laughs> and you are racing down straight snowy streets in Medford, Massachusetts. And apparently all the bars were really good into this. This was a great opportunity to bet on races. Sure. So they would be betting on the races and they could look out the window and see everybody going by. And it started becoming kind of like a drinking song. And that is where... Like jingle bells really started to become popular. Oh, ho, ho, jingle! But I can picture that exactly. Like, you know, slamming the the beer stein on the table and oh, everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And the funniest part about the the bells in particular is that when you have a horse pulling a sleigh and the roads are all snowy and icy, it's a lot harder to hear the horse coming. Mm. So you had to put jingle bells. Well, you had to put the bells on your sleigh so that you could hear the bells jingling and you'd know. Oh, they're they're drag racing outside. I don't want to get hit. So, mm. Jingle Bells was a legal requirement. 
<laughs> in the same way that when you drive an electric car and it makes have the noise. Yes, exactly. So imagine like a version of Jingle Bells that just has like <laughs> some like the the semi beeping noise backing up or something as the percussion. <laughs> and that's what we ended up with. That is crazy. Yeah. It's losing you're right it's losing all magic of Christmas in my mind right now. Yeah, well wait till I tell you that it's actually a Thanksgiving song. <laughs> it's it wasn't even meant to be a Christmas song. He wrote this and said like this is a this is a song for Thanksgiving. And I've heard people over the years have like the hot take of we have all these Christmas songs, where are the Thanksgiving songs at? Well, it's Jingle Bells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh so we know about how Jingle Bells came to be though. But let's get to Batman. Okay. There are Three historical moments over the years that contributed to the creation of Jingle Bells, Batman Smells. The first one was the civil rights movement. Oh, man. Yes. So in the you, if you're kind of doing your math here, in the 1850s was when, the, was when Jingle Bells was written. So in the early 1900s, Jingle Bells starts to become more associated with Christmas. And it's a song that it's in a lot of households, and people like to sing this for fun. But with the civil rights movement, though, that was in the 1960s. But at this point, everyone knows Jingle Bells. And a common thing that you would do back in the day is if you were trying to come up with a song, that you would use a song that already has the the tune melody that mm-hmm. you've already known, and you just change the lyrics. And this happened a ton during the civil rights movement, specifically on marches. So both sides of the movement had their own Jingle Bells parodies <laughs> that had nothing to do with Jingle Bells, but they used that tune. And I'm not going to repeat any of the lyrics of those <laughs> uh, for good reason, but let's say they all involve violence towards the other side mm. of the argument. Sure. Yes. So in the si- early 60s at this point, people have established that Jingle Bells is kind of a blank canvas that you can paint your own word picture on. Okay. And Batman debuted in 1938. So I actually didn't realize it was that old. Yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah, like right before, kind of like when Europe was starting to break out into World War II, but it hadn't came to America yet. Um, But yeah, 1966 is when the Batman TV show starts. And the show was popular, but no one really could agree if it was good. Have you seen any of the old Batman TV shows? No, but I think I've heard jokes about like the ridiculous things they said. Yes. So when we think about modern Batman, like regardless of who your favorite Batman is, that like the more recent of a Batman thing that you watch animated or live action, the more serious it is. That like we think of Batman as he's dark, he's brooding, right. he has like he's still getting over the issues with his dead parents. Right. Like and, the Christopher Nolan type thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that seems to be a trend that's continuing for the most part. That like Batman's not too funny, he's pretty serious. Uh, and about every decade that you go back in time, he gets goofier and goofier. Like when I, I watched the 1989 Michael Keaton Batman mm-hmm. when I was in college and the most recent Batman movie to have come out at that point was the dark Knight. So a couple right. of my friends and I watched this movie and it's like a weird joke. And, yeah. <laughs> and we were like, wow, this is not what we were expecting at all. And that the 1966 Batman was known for not being reviewed well because it was so over the top that it was just like so trying hard to be campy and kind of corny. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of words for this sort of thing that it was not getting very good reviews. And some people had negative things to say about Batman. And in a newspaper in San Diego in the 1960s, someone wrote in to their local newspaper to say Batman smells. <laughs> And this is our first piece of evidence of 
the phrase Batman smells. Batman smells. And r- at some point, we don't know the exact moment, but some sort of child heard the phrase Batman smells and realized that it rhymed with jingle bells <laughs> and it got into the playgrounds. Our second historical moment that helped out with Jingle Bells Batman Smells was the Vietnam War. Oh my gosh. So in San Diego, there was enough of like a military base presence that you have a bunch of military families. So if mid to late 60s is when Jingle Bells Batman Smells is coming into existence, Batman is becoming even more popular with the show, that with the Vietnam War happening, all of these families who have children on playgrounds in San Diego all have to move to different places in the country and the world. So they all learn this silly song on the playground, and now they're getting shipped everywhere. And they are spreading the good news about Jingle Bells Batman Smells. Organic marketing for Jingle Bells Batman Smells. And I was talking to my dad about this, and because I've been talking to a lot of family members recently and saying, well... When was the first time that you heard this song? What were the lyrics? And so on mm-hmm. and so on. And my dad said, yeah, I think I I, remember, I learned it when I lived in Cardington, which was would have been like fourth through sixth grade, roughly. And I was looking at the time period on this, and it was the mid to late 60s. Mm. And it was like so fascinating that very soon after this started to spread, that like he learned the same thing that I learned. And he told me that in fourth grade, he even wrote a Batman themed poem. (laughs) So the idea of how can I create my own pop culture about Batman was just a very commonplace thing. So like he's already writing his own poem. So it's not that crazy to imagine kids are going to write a song about it. But it gets even more popular with our final historical event, the premiere of The Simpsons. Okay. Do you, have you watched much of The Simpsons? N- not at all, actually. Yeah, I had not watched The Simpsons until about two years ago. Okay. I was came very late to the game. Surprised how well it holds up for the most part. I mean, there were a few things that I would watch and say that it feels weird, specifically seeing a, a version of Queen Elizabeth with hair that's not white. Sure. She had like grayish hair mm-hmm. in one of the shots, and I thought that's that's not my queen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it turns out that the first episode. Of The Simpsons, not like any of the pilots. Uh, apparently, it started off as like a skit on a different show, but like the okay. first, like season one, episode one of The Simpsons is at Christmas time. Huh. And within the first two minutes of that episode, Bart is on stage singing at his children, like his Christmas choir, and he starts singing Jingle Bells Batman Smells. <laughs> Specifically, he, his version is Jingle Bells Batman Smells, Robin laid an egg, the Batmobile broke its wheel, and the Joker got away. And that moment is what kind of started to solidify what, especially in America, but even the world, what the lyrics of this song should be. But there are a lot of variants that I remember learning about. Me too. Yes. Well, what, what are some well, of the Well, the one that I specifically remember was that the Joker learned ballet. Yes. And I, I have, I take issue with that because <laughs> that was something that came up on my playground as well. And I even remember, like, I remember Daniel singing this song, at, like, on the playground. And I thought, like, this is kind of dumb. It doesn't make sense from a narrative perspective. Like, the Batmobile, like, he loses the uh, loses the wheel. And, like, why is the Joker just doing ballet? I, like, yeah, as soon as that wheel falls off, it's like, oh, I got to learn ballet. Uh, right. Exactly. Yes. The Joker got away. Also, the Joker, he, I almost said something stupid, so I'm going to just forget it. I almost said, in my mind, the Joker was Robin. And I was like, <laughs> why would why would, the, why would Robin run away? But, got, he, but no. it's the Joker running yeah, away. But he's probably Robin. Do, yeah, they, Robin. Yeah. do they keep the Joker in the Batmobile? Is that something that has in the show? 
that you happens like a, in the show? That he got inside of like, it? Like, does he get, like, apprehended and put in the Batmobile? I don't know. That's why what, would the Joker be in the Batmobile? I assumed it was a chase. So mm, I assumed that it is. I see. Joker is running on foot or some sort of machinery. Batman is in I'm picturing, hot pursuit. I'm picturing the Joker in the backseat of like a cop car, but the Batmobile, and then it wheel falls off. And he's like, "Oh, I can run away." But right. That's way that's actually makes way less sense than him just like in a car chase and then he gets right. away. If I remember correctly, from a lot of the Batman cartoons I watched, usually the police get involved after Batman catches Joker and they're apprehending him. So, yes, as we can tell, though, there's a lot of dispute on, like, what what are the, what these lyrics really should be. And from my reading, I, I've got to give credit to uh, Tom Scott. He's a popular YouTuber, mm-hmm. and he was able to crowdsource a lot of data for me that I thought. Wow. Would, so he did a survey. I think he got about 64,000 results nice. where he was trying to learn about, like, how did you learn Jingle Bell's Batman Smells? And everyone kind of agrees on that part. But then afterwards, it goes a lot of different directions. Like my dad, like I had never heard this one. He said, Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, Riddler's on his way. Hmm. I've never even heard the Riddler mentioned in that, which I, th- which, and it, I think it kind of makes sense. Like, Is I, that I, a normal Batman villain? Yeah, the Riddler, okay. he's like, uh, Jim Carrey played him back in the 90s. Okay. He has like a bunch of question, green question marks everywhere. He, I'm like relatively ignorant to like comic book stuff. So gotcha. I'm, I assumed that. Sure. Yes. So it turns out though that some of it is... I mean, it's very geographical, but like the UK has their own branches where like a lot of their Jingle Bells, Batman Smells lyrics have to do with like getting into accidents on the motorway because mm-hmm. motorway is the term they use for yes. their highways. Whereas that, that wouldn't make sense here. It wouldn't make much sense here because we call them interstates and right. highways and things like that. So um, I think one of the weirdest and most American versions that <laughs> that I found, like all of these have some amount of violence to them, but. A few people wrote into this survey to say, Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, Robin laid a gun. <laughs> like, don't ask me how or why, really. Yeah. But I, there's a there's a common thread of talking about something that happened in the year, like 19 blank one, like 1981. So I think they needed the rhyme of Robin laid a gun. Right. Something, something happened in 1981. That makes sense. Right. Um, but overall, I, I think my favorite thing that I've learned from this is just, it's so fascinating to see how information spreads. Uh, like it's very easy to think about how it spreads on the internet. It, it's much faster these days, but like to see this like gorilla group of children mm-hmm. be able to just pass word of mouth over time, take one thing that someone's parents said in a newspaper and turn it into like this own song that like we grew up in different States and like, I'm able I have still have not heard someone who I told them. Like I asked them this question of when did you learn Jingle Bells Batman smells? Everyone knows it. Nearly everyone found out in early grade school. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like the original version of like of like something going viral before it had the ability to go viral. You know what I'm saying? Like, absolutely. That's just so interesting to think about. Yeah. And because now once it hits pop culture, like, you know what I mean? Everything we've talked about in this whole podcast, like eventually it hits pop culture and that's what takes it off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it hits the media. Or it, and so like, but that was even before it had the, like before media would have had the ability to spread it like that. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. And yeah, I went back to my, my elementary and went back to Apple Creek Elementary about a month ago. I was, I was heading back to, to visit some of my family and I made a little pit stop there because they're closing the school at the end of the year. They're building 
a new school. It's like a hundred years old. Like they, they needed to do right. some sort of revamp. So I went back to the playground and I was just looking around and kind of like thinking back to memories of like, I remember when I jumped off that swing and I got stitches. I remember playing basketball games on you know, these basketball courts. And I will always just remember the time that I learned Jingle Bells, Batman Smells. Thank you for listening to the Factoid Podcast. And I also want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas at home. And we thought it would be fun to have a little Christmas gift to give out to somebody in our audience. And we are going to be giving away the Kagane that I, I that I bought. And I actually had it in a white elephant gift exchange. And I had to fight tooth and nail to get it back. <laughs> and I'm so glad I got it back. So we are going to be giving away the Kagane and a piece of this fruitcake. I promise you it will still be edible. You can tell us how you think you it tastes. You won't get sick from Yes. <laughs> you also don't have to eat it. You can put it on your wall or something. Right, for sure. Yeah. So we, we thought it would be fun to give those away. And uh, Chris, can you tell us a little bit about how Yes, we so we are going to have a form that you guys can fill out. All you got to do is give us your name, your email, and then uh, it's going to be on a domain that we registered uh, back when we started the podcast that we've never used before. So all you guys have to do is go to chrisandpayton.fun, okay? chrisandpayton.fun. That is A-N-D, not an ampersand. Yes, and Peyton is spelled with an A, yes. not an E. Yes. And that took me a while to learn. So Chris and Peyton with an A. Chrisandpayton.fun. Okay, there's going to be a form. It'll be easy to fill out. Um, we'll give you guys some time to fill that out. We might even get, we might give it like a whole month. Um, and then at the end of that month, we'll pick somebody uh, at random and we'll send you guys some, some a little bit late Christmas gifts. Yeah, and I hope it really just warms up your Christmas season and that you can enjoy these dumb things that we enjoy too. Yeah, it'll be a blast. Hey, as always, you guys can find us everywhere you find all your podcasts or at our website, factoidpodcast.com and chrisandpayton.fun. We'll see you in two weeks.